đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you Um, welcome to week episode of Team Cat Home My Radio today. Happy Monday. Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you guys are staying safe. Um, there's gonna be quite a bit of stuff we're gonna be reporting today that we're gonna be talking about from about China and stuff like that. So of course this is very serious because well it's not very really serious, it's mostly important because this is something that the comments party will actually talk will actually end up doing. And this is something that can they can actually use as a leverage. So anybody who criticizes them or whatever they can try to stop you. I mean, you think it's their own truth, but it's not really their truth. It's not really the truth that they want you to speak. So I'm hoping, so I'm hoping you guys will continue to speak up against the CCP, and and hopefully you guys are as strong as they are, because they can use any of the forces to fight you guys. Anyway, this week we have a lot of stuff going on. We have an event that we're gonna be doing. There is an oath taking ceremony. And there's also and there's also two boot camps we're gonna be on Monday and Friday, so hopefully you can, so some of you um officers hopefully you are being there. It's mandatory of course. And of course I'll be there, so don't worry about so don't worry. There's nothing for me to struggle when we have other stuff we can do. So I'm hoping that we can actually be together, SJ members will be together. So let's get into it. So make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for a podcast. Oh and by the way, all of our podcast all of our radio show that I'm going to be doing at the campus will be moved to Friday because it'll be more easier. Let's get into it. Clothing that hurts, that quote-unquote hurts the feelings of the nation may soon be outlawed in China, but concern over scope of ban raised. Clothing that hurts the feelings of the nation should be soon outlawed according to a recent draft of legislation, with their vagueness sparking concern over the broad scope for interpretations and enforcement. The proposed law states that both speech and clothing deemed hurtful to the spirit of the Chinese people or that hurts the feelings of the nation will result in fines or even jail time. But it stopped short defining specifically which type of clothing stand to be banned by the new rules. Determining who has the authority to decide and how to make the judgments may require more time and we need the establishments of mature judgment criteria before advancing such proposals. A 23-year-old Beijing or surname He told AP. She worried that the offenses the law targets are not as clear as crimes like robbery where right and wrong are definitive. Several legal scholars in China objected on similar grounds to the revision, which were released earlier this month for public consultation. The consultation, per- cons- uh, consultation period ends on September 30th, which is just around Saturday. The proposal would lead to um, would lead to too vague a standard of punishments, which will lead to an arbitrary expansion of the scope of administrative punishment, wrote Tsinghua University, Lao Dongyan, on the, on the social media platform Weibo. Police in China already routinely use the broad charge of picking quarrels and provoking trouble to punish people with clothing or banners bearing messages deemed politically sensitive. 
But the changes gr- could grant authorities further power to clamp down on any clothing perceived as harmful to public morality. Over this month, social media vid- videos shows a man in the, in the southern city of Shenzhen being questioned by police for livestreaming himself wearing a skirt, triggering a discussion about individual freedom of expression. Many online commentators agree with the law, with local law enforcement decision to intervene. One man saying the behavior was too offensive to common morals. Like most people, AAP spoke to on the street of Beijing. He interpreted the revisions mainly as a reaction to incidents involving people wearing Japanese clothing in historically significant places on or on Memorial Days. In 2021, the state-backed tabloid Global Times said a a woman was severely criticized and educated after she wore a kimono in public on December 13th, the National Remembrance Day for victims of Japanese war crimes in, in 1937. And last year, a woman said she was detained during a photo shoot while wearing a kimono in the eastern state of Suzhou and by, by police. Dressing is everyone's own choice and freedom, but there are also special circumstances, he said. If someone makes an insulting move in front of a certain statue on a specific day and wears a special costume, such behavior is 100% on purpose and should be punished. Gu, a 35-year-old man, told AFP that he was open to holding people legally accountable for offensive clothing on a special occasion. There are indeed some historical reasons, and I think the emotions of local people should be considered, said Gu. But most cases, for example, if someone if someone just goes to a shopping street wearing a kimono, I think there's no need to pursue any action. Others, such as 25-year-old mayor programmer Yang Shuo, were less lenient. A person wearing a kimono to the memorial hall for the victims of the Nanjing massacre by Japanese invaders, I believe it would cause a significant psychological harm to the Chinese people, said Yang. I think they should be punished. Jeremy Dom a senior senior research fellow at Yale's Politize China uh, China Center told AFP he thought the revisions himself would be amended to focus the law more on such incidents. It's fairly certain that the language would be heavily modified, probably made more specific to address heroes, martyrs, party history, following the large numbers of public comments, he said. But the problem is the law is very vague and they just proposed it. So for them so for them to actually talk about it, it's just crazy and nuts and plain and simple. At least, I was just say, I don't know if it's good news or bad news, but China sweeps gold on first day of Asian Games. Host China swept, sweep um, the, the first gold medals at the Asian Games in Hangzhou on Sunday in a statement of intent on day one of the region's answer to the Olympics. China claimed the first gold when Zhou Jiaqi and Chiu Xiuping dominated the women's lightweight double skulls rowing to kick off a medal rush for the home nation. The pair finished in a 7 minute 6.78 second with Uzbekistan Luisa Khan Islamova, I probably butchered that, I apologize, Malika, Malika Tamativa. Took taking silver almost ten seconds behind. I'm very excited. I, w- I am very excited as it was my is my first Asian Games," said Joe, clutching her gold medal. Stepping on to to the podium today is a starting point to help us prepare for next year's Paris Olympics," said Chu. Indonesia Ch- Chelsea 
Chelsea Corbidi, and Raman Putra Putri won bronze. The host soon doubled up on the rowing legs as the man's lightweight double skulls gold was won by Feng Junzhi and Sun and Sun Man, who fin who finished five seconds clear of India's Arjun Lajat and Arvind Singh. China won six of the seven gold golds at the Fuji at the Fuyang. Young Water Sports Center rowing venue on Sunday morning, with only Hong Kong's Lam Sum Tum and Wang Wai Chum getting in on the party while winning the men's pair. China, China, um, China's shooter also claimed the women's 10th air team air rifle. The host rip roaring start um, start to the 19th Asian Games, which ends on October 8th, which is in a couple weeks, continue as Sun Pei Yuan. Won the first martial art gold. Sun successfully defended his 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 men's Chanchuan Wushu title from 2018 ahead of Indonesia's Edgar Xavier Marvelos and Macau with Macau's Song Chi Kuan third. I am so excited. I'm lost for words, says Sun. China won ten of the eleven golds in the early actions on Sunday. Swimming is one of the highlights of the games. We'll see seven finals later on Sunday at the at the Hangzhou Olympic Center Aquatic Sports Arena, where China are expect also expected to dominate. Triple breaststroke, world champion Chen Chen Yan upstage stage Olympic gold medalist Wang Shun in the morning heats to qualify fastest for the men's two hundred meters individual medley final. Chen burst onto the scene at the July World Championship in Fukuoka, Fukuoka, becoming the first man in the his in history to sweep all three breaststrokes titles and also setting a new a world record in the 200 meter. Tokyo's Olympics gold medalist Zhang Yufei, also from the host nations, fired off a warning shot of her own dominant 200 meters butterfly swim, touching more than. Three three seconds clear of teammates Yu Li Yan and J- and Japan's Irari Mitsu. I mean that's good news for the Chinese people who worked hard to, to get these kind of battles. Cycling sensation Huang Sun Wall got the better of breakout Chinese freestyler pa- uh, Pan Chen Le and in the hundred hundred meters heat. Though China. No China's Wang Haoyu qualifies fastest in 48.13. Elsewhere, China's, elsewhere, India's women's cricketer ripped through Bangladesh, dismissing them for just 51 in the first semifinals. They knock off the targets in just 8.2 overs and will face either Pakistan or Sri Lanka in Monday's finals of the, 2020, of the 20, 2020 competition. Other sports beginning on Sunday include boxing, rugby, sevens, hockey, and the wildly popular esports, where superstars such as South Korea's Faker are expected to draw huge crowds for his debut as a full as a full Asian Games medal event. Chinese leader Xi Jinping opened the games on Saturday night after a delay of a year because of China's now abandoned zero COVID policy. With more than 12,000 competitors from 45 nations and territories, the Asian Games had more participants in the Olympics. They will battle for medals in 40 sports across 54 venues. Most events take place in Hangzhou, a city of 12 million people where, um, 
12 million people near Shanghai, but some sports are being staged in cities as far as a field in Wenzhou, 300 kilometers, which is about 180 miles to the south. Of course, that is a great accomplishment for the Chinese people that, you know, work the butts off to go somewhere, to go somewhere at least. Because Hong Kong ran because the Chinese people, if they do more, that's the best accomplishment that they can ever get. As much I don't, because the Chinese government is the one that's the biggest problem. So, of course, for the Chinese swimmers and Chinese groups, I roar them on. Hopefully that they can continue their success and hopefully they work they work as hard as they can to get where they are. So, to the Chinese, to the Chinese athletes and, and other people, good luck. Hope you guys can keep going, keep on your success. Anyway, Green Group's calls on Hong Kong wood recycling plant to step up efforts, transparency, and wake up super typhoon. Green groups have called on the government's only wood processing plant to step up recycling operations and improve transparency after 15% of tree waste collected in the wake of the super typhoon Sala was deemed suitable for recycling. Sala triggered the Hong Kong Observatory to issue its highest storm signals on September 1st, for the first time since Super Typhoon Mankut hit Hong Kong in September 2018. Responding to inquiries from Hong Kong Free Press, a spokesperson for the Development Bureau said the government had received 3,700 reports of falling or broken trees at the Sawa. The resulting debris was sent to temporary tree waste, uh, tree waste collections areas in Kai Tak Development Area. Southeast New Territories landfill, West New Territories landfills, and Northeast New Territories landfill, and Garden and Garden Waste Recycling Plant E Park, the Bureau said. According to the Environmental Protection Development, the amount of tree waste generated was about 1,800 tons, most of which was twigs, small branches, and leaves. The department estimated that about 270 tons of tree waste. 50% could be recycled and would be delivered to E Park, to Y Park, for processing. Y Park is equipped with different processing equipments, such as tree, which such as wood crushers, wood cutting machines, etc., which can convert suitable falling trees into different useful materials. The the, the Environmental Protection Department said in an email response to Hong Kong Free Press, the remaining 1,530 tons will be sent to the city's landfills. A department spokesperson confirmed by phone on Wednesday, after repeat inquiries on the on the waste deemed unsuitable for recycling would be handled. Wire Park was set up in June 2021 to ratchet to ratchet up to ratchet up the scale of yard waste recycling and diversify the types of recyclable products, according to its website. The government's facility can transform suitable yard waste into various useful materials such as wood boards, wood beams, wood chips, and sawdust. After Mankut in 2018, green groups and scholars criticized the government for disposing of two of 20,480 tons of tree waste in the West in the West New Territories landfill without conducting any resource classification or seeing if it could be could have been recycled. In reply to Hong Kong Free Press, Green Group's Friends of the Friends of the Earth said that while the government was more, more prepared than it had been when Mankut hit Hong Kong, recycling efforts still had a long way to go. Citing government figures over the past 
over the past 10 years, the government said less than 3% of the city's yard waste had been recycled, some 2,000 tons out of the 60,000 to 70,000 tons per year. Caroline Law, board governor of, Friend, Friends of Friends of the Earth, said White Park had limited functionality as it only accepted logs. Other garden waste, such as grass, leaves, and branches, must be sent to landfills for disposal. Law said, I and that most yard waste collected during daily maintenance of green spaces also came in the form of leaves and branches. There's no, there's no incentives for them to change that law told a Hong Kong Free Press in Cantonese. The environmental NGO The Green Earth suggested that the government make use of Organic Resources Recovery, Recovery Center, O Park, O Park 1, which the Green Group said was not operating at a full capacity. Signed government data, it should it said the facility should could process two hundred tons of material daily, but was handled on an average of one hundred thirty five tons per day as of just, as of this June. Law added that large quantities of organic matter would need would be needed to plant trees and build green infrastructures in the near future as the same move towards greener development. We should make good use of government land for temporary storage of wood chips and yard waste which can be left to decompose, when then used for a new town development or other green infrastructure projects, Law said. In 2017, Hong Kong vowed to cut carbon emissions by 26 to, 30, to 36% from, 20, from the 2005 levels by 2003, and in 2020, then-leader Carrie Lam announced plans to become carbon neutral by 2050. Top officials have vowed that mega development projects under the Northern Metropolis Initiatives and the artificial islands of Lantau won't meet sustainability targets. A recent study found that parts of the Northern Metropolis ha- could reach temperatures considered dangerous to human survival by the end of the century. Friends of the, F- Friends of the Earth called on authorities to openly and honestly release detailed figures on wide park operations. Citizens should have the right to know how much waste was actually screened and sent to White Park for disposal. Law, who holds a PhD in urban greening from the University of Hong Kong, said White Parks as the only garden waste as a waste only garden waste site recycling facility in the city should improve transparency and make public and make public the amount of yard waste processed and its and its output of used materials every month. Whiteparts website says its daily handling capacity, which begins at 30 tons in its first year of operations, would gradually increase to 60 tons. But, it's not, but it has not regularly released figures on how much waste it handles. Law also said that people should, uh, should, know, rather, rather, um, should, know, should know whether the facility was indeed successful at achieving a circular economy, a system that produces little to no waste if that was not the case, it should evaluate the reasons for the lack of demand, she added. So, this is something that the government should understand, and this is what they should be focusing on. I don't know how much they put much more manpower on that, or how much they put so much effort on that. Because if they do, then that would be something that shouldn't be a problem. So, I don't really have comment on that, but at the same time, the government should at least make it transparent. This is something that's an example of what the government was doing. It's completely unacceptable when they don't respond to anything. This is an example of what happened when the government, when every executive and every people in the member in the board, acts like that. When they don't actually 
when I'm actually exposed, or at least try to tell the truth about what's going on. Because that's why the government doesn't really do much. And that's the reason why many people don't trust the government because of the way they handle stuff. And if only they could tell them to answer the question, and tell them, at least tell them that, why are you doing this? What is the reason behind it? And at least so that we can make sure that the people of Hong Kong can be less cons- can be less worried, at least to know what these resources are supposed to be for. Otherwise, they might as well pack it up and not do and not do it anyway. And the go- the government should crack the whip and say they're gonna do something about these kind of crap. Because if not, then don't they might as well, they might as well just them be you know blinded by everything. And they don't they just say well I don't see anything wrong and just let it go. European firms questioning future and China, EU trade chief says, as win-win relationship be- risk becoming loose-loose. <laughs> like, like, like that's gonna go over well when you're trying to trying to be weaker this time. The EU's trade t- chief told Beijing on told Beijing on Monday that tough security laws and a more politicized business environment have left European companies struggling to f- understand the obligations and questioning their future in China. China's refusal to condemn ally Russia for its war in Ukraine also posed a reputational risk for the world's lar- second largest economy. Trade Commissioner Valdes Dombrovskis said in a, in a speech in, at Beijing Tsinghua, Tsinghua University. He said transparency and openness were a winning strategy in the long run, at a time when trade tensions between the European bloc and China are, ta- are, ta- are mounting. China is navigating a challenge transition from an investment-led economy to a broad-based economy, he said. For this, it needs to remain open. Dombrowski's four-day trip, which kicked off Saturday, followed a report by the EU Chamber of Commerce that showed business confidence was at one of the lowest level, lowest level in years. It also follows Brussels' decision to launch a probe into Beijing's electric car subsidies. The investigation could see the EU try to protect European car makers by imposing buying of tariffs on vehicles that believes a are fairly or unfairly sold at a lower price. China's Commerce Ministry has condemned the EU's naked protect, um, protectionism and said the measures will give will have a negative impact on China's EU economic and trade relations. On Monday, Dombrowski, Dombrowski's Insisted, insisted China's remain an attractive investment opportunity for European businesses. The EU and China both benefited immensely from open, being open to the world, he said, and that European companies still want to invest here, but only if the conditions are right. F- growing challenges for European businesses in China means that what many saw as a win-win relationship in the past decades could become a lose-lose dynamic in the coming years, the commissioner said. A new foreign law aimed in part at combating foreign sanctions and a recent update to China's tough anti-espionage regulations are of great concerns to our business community, Dombrowski said. The ambiguity allows too much room for interpretations, he warned. This means European con- companies struggles to, struggle to understand their compliance obligations, a factor that signifies significantly decreases business confidence and deters new investments in China. He also criticized China's refusal to condemn Russia's war in Ukraine, which he said is affecting the country's image, not only with European consumers, but also businesses. China has sought, itself, 
has sought to position itself as a neutral part in the Ukraine conflict, while offering Moscow a vital diplomatic and financial lifeline as international isolation deepens. Chinese leader Xi Jinping visited Moscow in March, while Russian leader Vladimir Putin is due to visit China next month. Territorial and big integrity has always been a key principle for China and internet in international diplomacy. Russia's war is a blatant breach of this principle, Dombrowski said. It was very it was it so it's very difficult for us to understand China's stance on Russia's war against Ukraine as it breaches China's own fundamental principles. We're pushing it hard on them and that's the reason why we're becoming much more weaker, as we used to say. And if we can be stronger against China, then that would be something that we should be doing, not appeasing to the Communist Party. This is a history that we we have that we don't even learn every time. We're always like, well, let's just let them give them this, give them that, give them this, give them that. But at the same time, you're giving them this, you give them that, like candy. They're basically like your typical. The Communist Party is like your typical sport child, and you can't let them, and you can't let them, you can't say no to them, because. If you appease them so much, and then there's no room left for you to actually criticize them on some certain issues, then you're just re- risking yourself as being very weak and very and very and very, very tolerable to what the Commons Party is doing. Because I can guarantee you, the Commons Party, if they bullied you, there's no point. That eventually, they can just railroad you anytime they want. It's just because everything is controlled by them. They can do everything they want once you let them into into the international world. And this is the community itself, which makes it which makes it hard. You can't control it, of course. They're a communist party. You, if you expect to control them, then you're wrong. You can contain them, and that's about it. And there's not much you can do when the communist party just does acts like a total five-year-old child. That basically shows no tolerance to oppositions. So any laws that the Commons probably passed, because it's a rubber stamp, so they just pass whatever they they pass it, they're done. They don't need to they don't need debates, they don't need anything. So it makes it so it makes it much more difficult to even say it otherwise. Because the Commons party how much you criticize them doesn't really open these idiot eyes out. Cause these idiots doesn't really know how to how to have an open mind. <laughs> the Commons Party does not have an open mind. The, the minds are so closed. The hearts are fragile. So you criticize them. It's kind of like, oh my god, he just hurt my feeling. That kind of crap. Which kind of drives me nuts, actually. And we're going to go back to it. Philippine vows to take all appropriate actions for removal of Chinese barriers at a disputed reef. The Philippines vowed Monday to take all appropriate ma- actions for the removal of floating barriers allegedly installed by the Chinese Coast Guard at a disputed reef to stop Filipinos access, accessing the traditional fishing ground. The 300 meter, which is about two, 328 yards long, uh, yard long, long floating barrier was found across the across the entrance of Scarborough Shore in the South China Sea last week during a routine resupply mission. To, fi- to Filipino fishermen plying the waters near the Chinese-controlled reef. China, which sees Scarborough Shoal from the Philippines in 2012, deploys coast guards and other vessels to patrol the fishing ground. The floating barrier pre- prevents fishing boats from entering the shoal's shallow waters where fish are more, more abundant. Philippine 
officials previously accused the Chinese Coast Guard of installing the barrier shortly before the Bureau of Fisheries and Aquatic Resources ship arrived at the shoal last Wednesday. Several media outlets, including AAP, were on board the BRP, BRP Datu Bankau saw, and saw the barrier. We, sh- we will take all appropriate actions to, re- co- to cause the removal of the barriers and to protect the rights of our fishermen in the area, National Security Advisor Eduardo, Eduardo Arno said, um, said in a statement Monday. Arno said, the Philippines condemned the install- installations of barriers, arguing such actions violating traditional, traditional fishing rights about fishermen whose rights have been affirmed in the 2016 arbitral arbitral ruling. Chinese Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin hits back Monday saying Scarborough Shore was an inherent part of China and China has indisputable sovereignty over it and its surrounding waters. Scarborough Shore is 240 kilometers, which is about 150 miles west of the Philippines' main island of Luzon and nearly 900 kilometers from the, from the nearest major Chinese mass of Hainan. Under the, under the 1982 United Nations Conventions of, on the Law of, sea, Law of the Sea, which China helped negotiate, countries have jurisdiction over their natural resources within about 200 nautical miles, 370 kilometers of the, sh- of the shore. China claims sovereignty of over, over almost the entire South China Sea, while several other countries, including the Philippines, have overlapping claims to parts of it. China has ignored the 2016 international court rulings that claims it has no legal basis. The Philippine Foreign Ministry said Monday it would take all appropriate measures to protect our country's sovereignty and the livelihood of our fisher folk, without elaborating. Fisher, Filipino fishermen said that China's actions at Scarborough Shore are robbing them of a key source of income and a place to shelter safely during a storm. So what the Chinese comments doing is just ripping what the, uh, what they're trying to do. They're trying to they're trying to work and they're trying to get some th- some income, and then the and then the government just doesn't do it. And the gum and the Chinese gum and the Chinese Navy, and the Chinese Coast Guard, I should say, just continue to violate that. It's like they're saying, well, it's as I'll see, but you for you guys, I don't care if you guys struggle. If you guys want fish, go somewhere else. Don't grab fish over at her. I'm like, okay, we go here. No, it belongs to us. We can't let you fish. It's just not, it's just patently absurd what the Chinese government is doing. Not allowing this, not allowing this, not allowing that, not allowing this, not allowing that. It's like how they're going to make a living then. It's patently absurd of what the government is doing. Right? So it makes it harder for anyone to make. So it's an income, have a lot, have a livelihood, have a livelihood. How are they going to do it? When these governments are just letting them, letting them gain nothing. Hong Kong's financial watchdog reveals crypto license applicants amidst criticism from industry and lawmakers. Hong Kong financial watchdog has said it will reveal the names of cryptocurrency exchanges that have applied for trading licenses after meeting criticism from the industry and lawmakers of its handling of handling of a, a large scale of crypto fraud. The Securities and Future Commission, or SFC, said in a press conference on, on Monday that it would publish list of licensed virtual assets of trading platforms or VATP or VATPs. Those applying for licenses and defunct ones, it would all it would also issue a list of suspicious VATPs on this website. 
only two exchanges, OSL and Hash Blockchains, have been granted have been granted license so far. Hong Kong Byte X, Hong, Hong Kong BGE, Hong Kong Vax, and Victory have all <laughs> private license. Although the FSC said the public should be aware that they were yet to be licensed. Authorities initiate actions against JPEGs and unlicensed crypto exchange platforms that often engage influencers to promote it last Monday. 11 people have been arrested so far, with cases ballooning to involve, involve $1.49 billion in losses, police said on Monday. Police have received at least 2,360 reports related to the case. The SFC said during a joint brief press briefing with the police last Tuesday that would not review the names of platforms that had applied for licensing, saying it would not re- it was not very appropriate. The watchdog also said it has issued a number of statements warn- warning unnamed VATPs against engaging in improper practices. The first F- SFC statement naming JPEGs was issued on September 13th calling the platform unlicensed and saying that authorities have observed JPEGs using suspicious methods to actively promote promoting its products through influencers. Hong Kong introduced a new licensing regime for virtual assets trading providers on on, Ju- on June 1st giving platforms with a meaningful and substantial presence before the date before that date a one year transition period to apply to apply for licensing or close down. John Ng, a businessman and late lawmaker, said on Metro Radio last Saturday that it was too late for the watchdog to issue a statement in the middle of September. He said more investors could have been safe if if SFC had alerted them earlier. Jeffrey Lam, a lawmaker and a member of the executive for the executive council, so the incident reflected the government's deficiency in regulating virtual assets platform and, edu- and, and educating investors. Emil Chan, co-chair of the Hong Kong Digital Finance Association, said on RTHK on, on last Saturday that SFC did not fulfill its responsibility to protect investors. SFC said on Monday that it would do more to educate investors and the public on virtual assets. Before authorities launched their investigations, JPEX has actively promoted its products to influencers and stars, including Joseph Lam, an insurance agent and a former barrister, financial YouTuber Chan Yi, and actors Julian Chung and Jacqueline Ching. Lam and, Ch- Lam and Chen was among the 11 people arrested by police over conspiracy to fraud, while Chung and Ching were questioned by police. Lam had a press conference with a lawyer at his home in, in mid-level in mid-levels last Friday afternoon. After being granted bail last Tuesday, he told reporters that he had to has his company close his company and terminate the rental contract for his office, but refused to disclose any details about the JPEX investigation. Aside from influencers and stars, JPEX also worked with many other over the counter crypto stores to attract investors. Police also search um search branches of over-the-counter stores, CoinGuru and Corner last Monday. This is some. This is something that they should be fighting or cracking down on. Now, I'm not a crypto. Number one, I'm not. A, I'm not a cryptocurrency expert, so it's best up to ask them and asking me. Those who who knows what to do, they should be asking them. 
So I'm hoping that they can try to, you know, take appropriate measures to try to not cause the problem to increase more. And at least they're trying to crack down on illegal um, illegal cryptocurrencies trading. But hopefully that they can try to make it, try to be a little bit smart this time. And hopefully they don't blow on that. So, hope, so get on get it guys. Be a little bit smart this time. And there's more to come up and we'll talk more after the break. Welcome back. Head of Hong Kong's journalist group, Ronson Chen, sentenced to five days jail over obstructing police officer while reporting. Ronson Chen, the head of Hong Kong's largest journalist group, has been found guilty of obstructing a police officer while reporting last September and was sentenced to five days in prison before being granted bail pending appeal. The veteran journalist and chairperson of the Hong Kong Journalist Association appeared at West Kowloon Magistrate's Court on Monday. He, he earlier pled not guilty to obstructing a police officer, an alternative charge of obstructing a police officer. Handing down the verdict on Monday, Judge Longaki said she believed Chan had deliberately stopped the police officer from carrying out her duties concerning his, his, his reaction when asked to hand over his identity card. The case relates to an incident last September when Chan was reporting on a homeowners committee meeting at McPherson's Stadium in Mong Kok and has and was stopped by a plainclothes police officer who said he was acting he was acting suspiciously and asked to see his identification identification card. He was arrested after allegedly not complying with a request to present his identification despite multiple warnings. After the verdict was handed down, Chairman um, Chan's barrister submitted two letters of mitigations, one from former lawmaker and ex-Hong Kong Journalist Association Chair Emily Lau, and another from Andrew Chan, the Archbishops of the Hong Kong of the Hong Kong Anglican Court Anglican Church. Both had known Chan for over twenty to thirty years, respectively. In the letters, Chan was described as an active member of the society and a kind and passionate person who made contributions to Hong Kong's news industry. Chan's lawyer, Charlotte, Charlotte Kong, appealed to the court to consider a non-custodial penalty. She also cited a number of past court cases involving the same offense, which she said was more serious in nature but were met with fines and community service orders. Kong summarized a three-page statement prepared by Chan, which, was, which said that Chan has never had any ill feelings toward police officers and had always been interested in the work of the state's law enforcement agency. He added that he found it meaningful to report on the police as they have a significant interaction with the public. In the statements, Chan also ha- said also said he had also collaborated with the police before, having been invited to describe the work of the media to the police force and and to a football game. Handing handing down the five days jail sentence, Long said a fine or community service order was not sufficient to reflect the severity of the offense. Short-term imprisonment was the only suitable punishment, she said. Long took a five-day, a five, a seven-day jail term at a starting point and considered Chan's good characters, background, and contribution to Hong to the Hong Kong media industry reduced it to five. However, Long said, says she had not seen Chan show remorse for his action, and that his persistent questioning of police when they asked for his identification was reckless and unreasonable. Chan was granted bail pending appeal on conditions including a $3,000 bail amount 
handing over his travel documents and reporting to a police station twice a week. Leaving the court after his bail application was approved, Chen said he did not have much to say as his comments could affect his appeal, but he said he was not too surprised that he was found guilty and handed a jail sentence. I had thought there was a high chance that this was that would be the outcome. That this would be the outcome, he said in Cantonese. He added that because his bail conditions require him not to leave Hong Kong, he would have to skip an overseas media conference where he was slated to speak. During the trial in May, the defense cast doubts on the testimony delivered by the police officer, a police officer surnamed Lung, who attempted to search the journalist before his arrest. The officer recalled her exchange with Chan, talking, telling the courts that Chan, Chan acted at acted, had acted emotional and yelled loudly when asked to show his identity cards. Defense counsel Charlotte Kong said the actual time Lin spent talking to Chen was only 15 seconds according to CCTV footage played in court. The exchange, the exchange Lin described what had been taken at least 24 seconds, Kong said. You're making up a story. The truth is all happening in a split second, and you cannot recall what was being said during the interaction, Kong said. Obstructing a police officer is punishable by up to two years in jail, while obstructing a public officer carried a maximum penalty of $1,000 fine and six months in prison. During his testimony, Chen said he was rushing because he was late to the homeowner's meeting. He said he knew he could not refuse a, pol- a officer's order to show his identity cards, but was worried his privacy would be breached. When asked why he was concerned about showing his identity, Chen said he had once had his identity card displayed during a live stream. During the protest in 2019, an officer who asked Chen to, who asked to see Chen's identity cards while the journalist was conveying a rally in Daipol held a I told a card in front of his camera, which was live streamed to thousands of viewers. Judge Lun on Monday said she did not accept that Chen was concerned about her privacy as the police officers was not holding any equipment that would have allowed that. She acknowledged that there was in- some, there were inconsistencies in the testimonies of the four police officers who gave evidence in court. But she said that but she said this did not undermine the credibility as the officers have arrived at the scene at different times and had different interactions with Chen. Chen, a veteran journalist, is currently a reporter for the outlet for the online outlet Channel C. He's formerly worked as an independent as an independent outlet Stand News, which was forced to cease operations in December 2021 after his newsroom was raided by police officers from the National Security Department, and seven people linked to it were arrested. A verdict and sedition trial involving two ex Stand News editors is expected in November, more than a year after the trial began. Chan's arrest occurred two weeks before he was de- he departed for the UK to pursue a six-month journalism fellowship program at Oxford University. He was granted bail without travel restrictions, and his trial was pro- postponed until until after his return. In June, after returning to the city, Chan was elected head of the Hong Kong Journalists Association for the third time. The group has faced pressure from the authorities as well as criticism from state-backed media since Beijing imposed a national security law in Hong Kong, which have seen dozens of civil societies groups disband. Press freedom in Hong Kong has also come under the spotlight since the security law was enacted. Press groups, including the foreign correspondent clubs, expressed concerns over the chance of arrest at the time, prompting China's foreign ministry to call its remark quote-unquote slander, even though it's not slander, it's true. 
So for them to call it slander, they're just trying to cover up under cover up under crazy flaws that they have in freedom of speech. Of course, it's not not exactly what the government's doing. It's telling the truth anyway. So so the government's trying to do here is trying to create a massive facade, thinking that they're trying to protect freedom. Oh, they're just trying to protect people's rights. But at the same time, you're not. You make it worse on yourself. It's completely unacceptable what the government's doing. And one final report for today, or maybe maybe more. But Hong Kong's COVID COVID mask mandate enforcement was a violation of freedom to just to demonstrate. Activists tell court how Hong Kong enforced the COVID nineteen mask mandate was a violation of freedom of speech and freedom to demonstrate. A pro-democracy activist charged over pulling down his mask for several seconds while protesting told a court on Monday. Dixon Chow, vice chair of the League of Social Democrats, appeared in front of Magistrate P.U.U. at Kowloon City Magistrate's Court to dispute the offense. Chow was, hand- was handed a $5,000 fine on February 6th for briefly removing his mask outside the West Kowloon Law, um, West Kowloon Law Courts building where he and two fellow members from the pro-democracy group staged protests as the, as the landmark 47 Democrats' national security trial began. They urged the immediate immediate release of all political prisoners, a, AP report. Chan refused to pay the fine in June, claiming that it amounted to political oppression. On Monday, the prosecution said Chow was seen pulling down his mask to shout for five seconds. Testifying for the prosecution, Police officers Li Waiwa said in Cantonese that he was on duty to secure public order outside the West Kowloon court complex that morning. He was standing about three meters away when he saw a child point, um, point, pull down his mask at 9.23 a.m. His colleagues took Chow away into the police-owned vehicles and he handed Chow a demand notice at around 9.45 a.m. Child unrepresented by a lawyer asked Lee whether he agreed that the situation was rowdy and chaotic on the scene. Lee agreed. Lee also agreed that there were more than more were more than thirty off police officers present um, present to handle the protests and to maintain order. I do not question the constitutionality of the mask mandates. Child, um, child chose not to testify, said Ketnees in his closing statement. But I do question the law enforcement as breaching the proportionality principle as, the, as this persecution is a violation of freedom of speech and freedom to demonstrate. The essence of protesting is to make one's voice heard, Chow said, adding that he had no choice but to pull down his mask to raise his voice, given that the scene was packed with, peop- with people and police officers. Hong Kong cited the influential Hong Kong Hong Kong SAR versus Young May's Wan Young May Wan's case in 2005, in which the top court ruled that a peaceful demonstration is a constitutional right, and the court should um should give such freedom a generous interpretation. A verdict is set to be handed down on October 20th. So we might report on that and see what's going on. Because Wearing a mask, because wearing a mask and at the same time pulling it down, it's not anything worse. It's just you just pulling down a mask and for only a couple of seconds, shout, pull it back. You're not holding it down for like like a minute or something. It's not like a minute or even an hour. So why do they need to go crazy on that anyway? One actual final report for today.
Hong Kong bags two golds and two bronze medal on first day of Hangzhou Asian Games. So that's good. Eight Olympic fencing champion Edgar Chung had clenched a historic gold for Hong Kong at the Hangzhou Asian Games. As the city bagged a total of two gold and five bronze medals on the first day of a quinquennial funeral event. The 26-year-old fencer added, added the Asian Games title to his list to his list of wins on Saturday night when he crushed Chen Haiwei of China in the men's foil individual final by a large margin of five to fifteen to two. Chen's win, uh, when Chen's win marked the first ever gold medal for, for the city's fencing team at the largest multi-sports event in Asia. Another Hong Kong men's foil representative, Ryan Choi, earned a bronze medal after losing to Chen 9-15 in the semifinals. Women's epifencer Vivian Kong, who currently ranks second in the world, also also picked up a bronze medal for the city. She defeated Takesha, Takesha Katari, Katri of India to secure, to secure a spot in the top, in the top four for a medal. Medal, but was subsequently knocked out by South Korean South Korean fencer Song Sara by eleven to fifteen by eleven to fifteen. Sunday's victory was a milestone, a milestone in his professional career. Chan said in a Cantonese post-match interview with the Sport Federation and Olympics Committee of Hong Kong, China. Chan, who won an individual bronze medal at the previous Asian Games in Jakarta, Indonesia, said he had, he had hoped he could change the color of his medal at this year's event. I am very, gl- I'm very glad I managed to do that. This is a very important experience, experience for me, he said. That's good. The Fortress hailed a, as a fencing god after he ended the city's 25-year 25 25-year 25 Olympic gold medal drought in July 2021. Went on to encourage people to hold on to their dreams and call for a continued support for, this, for the Hong Kong team. When the, lev- when the level of fencing in Hong Kong was not very good, we also have to work we have, we also have to work step by step have to work step by step. With the assistance of a very good team and coaches, he said. Hong Kong Chief Executive John Lee and Secretary for Culture, Sports, and Tourism Kevin Young slapped and cheered for Chung at the arena on Sunday. They also met representatives from the fencing team and congratulated Chung in person after the event. With their superb, their superb fencing skills, Chung, Choi, and Kong performed well throughout the competition. Their achievements make our high hopes come true. I am very pleased with their excellent performance, as well as their demonstrations of the demeanor of great athletes. I, I believe all of us will share the joy, Yun said in a Cantonese and an English press release. Hong Kong, Hong Kong scoped its first gold medal at this year's Asian Games in the rowing event on Sunday when Lam Se- Lan Sumtom and Wang, uh, Wang Wai Chun made a splash in the men's 2000 meter pair final. The duo crossed the fi- finish line in 644.20, beating Uzbekistan and India. Their win marked the second Asian Games gold medal for the, fr- for the r- rowing team since 2014. The rowing team continued its, med- its medal streak on Monday morning when Chen Harlam and Lung Le- and Kingwan. Came in second in the women's pair final, 
The team also added a bronze from Chiu Hing Chun in the, men, in the men's single scores final. Another Olympic medalist in, in Hong Kong medal hope, Sabon Holly, picked up a bronze for the city in the, in the women's 50 meter breaststroke event. She set a new Hong Kong record in the finals by finishing the race in 3.36 seconds and placed third, while China's Tung Chin Ting and Satomi Suzuki of Japan came first and second, respectively. After a brief break, Hongani, who won two silvers at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021, joined her teammates Tang Hoi Lam, Camille, Ch- Camille Chang, and Stephanie Au in the women's four um, four, t- four times ten meters freestyle relay event. The team finished in three in three thirty nine ten to win bronze as to win bronze as China set a new games record at three um three thirty three ninety six to win to win the title followed by Japan's three thirty eight forty eight. I don't know if I'm reading it right, but you be the judge. Wushu athlete Cheng Shu Chen Shui Jin won a bronze for Hong Kong and the women's Tai Chi Chuan and Tai Chi Jin all ra- all rounds event. She scored a total of nineteen point four seven four seventy six in the two discipline in two dis- uh, disciplines based on the quality of management, overall performance, and degree of difficulty of her routine. Liu Shu Shu won a silver medal for the Wushu team in t- and women's Chan Chuan on Monday morning. The city sent some 660 athletes to the Hanzhou Games, Hanzhou Asian Games, which runs until October 8th. As of Monday morning, Hong Kong places fifth on the medal tally with two gold, two silver, and six bronze medals. China takes the lead with, two, with 26 gold, 11 silver, and five bronze medals, followed by South Korea and Japan. Hong Kong athletes who take home, home medals from the Asian Games are set to be awarded with cash prize under the Jockey Club Athlete Incentive Award Schemes. For individuals, for individual events, gold medalists will receive $1 million, followed by $500,000 for silver and $250,000 for bronze. A gold medal in the event would earn, would earn, the, athletes, um, earn the athletes $2 million, while the awards for silver and bronze are $1 million and $500,000 respectively. Now you may say, well, that's a lot of money for people who want to do this kind of thing. For them, they these guys work hard. They don't just give them on a silver platter. So they work their butts off to make sure that they actually do something. So we shouldn't say so we shouldn't say really like, oh, they didn't work or, or something like that. Which is something that I, I don't think is true. Most of these guys work as hard as they do. They push to the to the limits so that way they can actually win for their own for their own teams, right? Every sport athletes work hard. No one in this world said, I don't think they work hard. Everyone works hard. So I'm hoping that every team around the country in this game, hopefully they can try try to push as much as they can. Not to the brink where they get exhausted, but to the point where they actually felt satisfied for the team. Because they're doing this for their own team and no one else. And also, thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcast. Our radio show will be back on every Friday this time instead of your tip, instead of your Monday report. So that's because everyone will be free at the time. And that's it for today. And we'll talk more. Oh, yeah. I forgot. 
there is a swearing, like I said, swearing ceremony, which is this week. Two boot camps um, for Monday and Friday. For, um, sorry, not Monday and Friday. For Friday, for Friday and Saturday. So, I hope you guys are being already there. And that's it for today. And we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cal, my radio signing out. Hope you guys have a great day. Take care. Cat host my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. Cat host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs>